What, how would you really enjoy spending your life? Crowds of students say, well, we'd like to be painters, we'd like to be poets, we'd like to be writers, but as everybody knows, you can't earn any money that way. When we finally got down to something which the individual says he really wants to do, I will say to him, you do that. And uh, forget the money. Uh, because if you say that getting the money is the most important thing, you will spend your life completely wasting your time. You'll be doing things you don't like doing in order to go on living, that is to go on doing things you don't like doing, which is stupid. Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. Therefore, it's so important to consider this question, what do I desire? Welcome to the very first episode of the podcast called Doing It with Will Conlon. I am he who would be named Will Conlon. And that was a quote from the great philosopher Alan Watts uh, from a video that was called What If Money Was No Object? That is just a very, very, very small edited clip from that video. I highly suggest you look it up. Alan Watts, What If Money Was No Object? It's like a three and a half minute video. Check it out. I don't even know if I have permission to use that clip. I hope it's cool with them. It's the best intentions, I swear. It's just to get people jazzed up for this podcast. This is a show for all those creative artists who wake up every day and devote all their time, energy, money, focus, and insecurities to doing what they love to do. You know, it's not an easy road when you decide to get involved in the arts or the entertainment industry or anything like that. So this is a this is a show for all those people who have trouble getting um, staying motivated. Sometimes you look at that mountain, you wake up, you look at that mountain that you got to climb today and uh, and you just want to go back to bed or you just want to sit and binge watch Netflix or play video games or I don't know, whatever you want to do in the privacy of your home. But um, yeah, so that's who this is for. This is for all those painters and comedians, actors, writers, musicians, uh, knitters, uh, sculptors, builders, whatever. Even other people. Maybe maybe it's something that's not necessarily considered an art. Maybe you're a scientist or maybe you are a, a, an engineer or something like that. There's passion in that stuff too. But this is this is for those people that, that that are following pursuits that maybe don't pay off so quickly and maybe even don't get the support that they really should. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to support you. I'm here to uh to give you some encouragement. And uh that's why I call it doing it. This is a, a podcast for the people that actually do it. Like you, I'm I, I know a lot of people that, that talk and talk and talk and say, hey, I think I want to do this. I think I'm going to write a poem. I think I'm going to be a, an actor. Or I'm going to be a comedian or I'm going to write a song. And then you check with them, you know, a month later. Hey, did you ever write that song you were going to write? Ah, you know, I was going to. And, uh, and then they, uh, they released another season of, of uh, House of Cards on Netflix. So I haven't gotten a chance yet. But so... That's what, what we're talking about. We're talking to people that actually have are doing it and have been doing it maybe for a while now. And um, 
That's what the title means. It's not just a clever sexual innuendo. So hopefully what you're going to hear in this podcast is is some uh, encouragement, some stories. There's going to be a little bit of, you'll hear some heartache. You'll hear some uh, um, struggles. You're going to hear some good times. You're going to hear some bad times. Uh, you're going to hear a lot of that from me. Um, <laughs> and you're going to hear a lot of that from the people I interview. I'm going to be talking to artists of all different walks. I love having conversations about about art, about entertainment industry, about passion. I love those. I love those chats. And every time I get in these talks with other people, whether it's actors and writers and comedians and musicians, it always invariably comes around to um, what do you do to stay motivated? What do you do to, you know, keep going? Because it's so fucking hard. Um, and, And that doesn't mean that you're not loving it. It doesn't mean that you don't like doing it. It's just sometimes it just takes so much out of you and you're just like, I just, I don't have it in me to do it, to do it today. And then you slip a bit and then you find you haven't really done anything for a week and then it's a month and then, you know, and then it gets really scary because you just don't want to think about how long it's been. And that's okay. Everybody slips a bit. I know I have. I've, I've had a sordid history of uh, getting a little bit discouraged or a little lazy at times. I think we're all guilty of that. So part of this is for me too. Keeps me motivated, keeps me doing something, and and it's a chance for me to give back because I know a lot of talented people who have helped me out. Some of them have even helped me out with this podcast. That opening theme is by a good friend of mine, Adrian Ellis, who is a brilliant composer I'm going to have on soon to talk to. And uh, and just in, in terms of advice too, people give me a lot of really cool advice. This is all for you guys. These are for the artists I know, and these are for the this is for the artists I don't know and would like to know. Because this is something I really want people to embrace and and be part of if you can. Reach out. I want to hear what you guys think of the podcast, but I also want to hear your stories. I mean, even if I don't get to interview you, tell me your story. Because that's the most important part. And we, we kind of all got to be there for each other. We, we, we're, we are the starving artists. We are the people that are, uh, it's do or die. There's no plan B for us. We just do what we love to do, and that's it. There's just no other there's no other option. So my promise to you as as the uh, I guess moderator of this podcast is is to be as forthright and open and honest as I possibly can about myself and my career. Uh, I am not gonna bloat and 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 pretend like I'm doing better than I am which I think we all know a lot of people do. You know, everybody likes to make themselves sound busy and sound like they're always doing something really great, even when they're not. I mean, I don't like to admit that when someone says, oh, hey, have you had an audition lately? Oh, yeah, yeah, I've been auditioning lots. When the truth is, I haven't been in a room in a month. I don't know if it's more about trying to save face with them or save face with myself. You know, you don't want to admit that maybe things aren't going as well as you'd like them to right now. I'm going to always try to be honest about it. If I'm not going to talk about something or if I'm not comfortable talking about something, I'll hopefully be able to tell you why. Because um, I'm not going to be able to tell you everything. That's the first bit of honesty I'll, I'll tell you. I, I mean, there's things I'm not going to tell you. And that's just because, let's be honest, we don't tell everyone everything. We just don't. Everyone that says that they're open and honest about everything is lying, ironically. But... 
I know that it's good for me to talk about this stuff, and I know it's it's good for you to talk about this stuff, and uh, so that's what I'm going to do. So what do I do as an artist? Well, primarily I'm an actor and a writer. That's what I've been doing for years. I, I was a stand-up comedian for about 10 years, and I've kind of been away from that scene now for almost a decade. Kind of tempted to get back into it. I still hang out with a lot of brilliant comedians, and some of them uh, kind of, you know, poke me a bit sometimes. Don't read into that. To uh, to try to get me back on stage. I'm tempted. So I might do it. I, I might get back on the stage. But I'm terrified. I'm terrified of it. I'm terrified because I don't want to let myself down. And I respect these guys so much and what they do that I, I, I don't want to fail. I, you know, I don't want to look stupid to them. I focus on acting and writing right now. Um, I'm also uh, an illustrator. I originally went to Sheridan College in Oakville for... I I was going through for the animation program when I actually left to do stand-up. So I can draw. I sort of play a tiny bit of guitar, but I am not a musician by any means. But I have a real keen interest in just about every type of art, even though I don't do them all, and I don't know a lot about all of them either. I'm not going to pretend to to be a, a, a real intellectual. I am not an intellectual. Um, I am learning very much. So sometimes I'm going to be interviewing people that do things and I don't, I don't know. I'm going to have to do a lot of research because I don't know anything about it or I know very little. You're going to hear me struggle, I'm sure, sometimes. And just be patient with me. I'm going to try and be patient with myself, which is a, a lot easier said than done. Uh, I, I mean, right now my career is kind of uh, a little bit of a downturn. Uh, recently just left my agent, kind of a mutual thing. Uh, I was about to leave her and she kind of beat me to the punch and dropped me. It just wasn't working out. She wanted certain things that I wasn't willing to give her in terms of a career. And, and, and she just wasn't able to deliver what I needed that I felt like I needed to grow as an actor. You know, I'd been with her for years and it just got to a point where it just wasn't working anymore. And it's, 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 scary now because I got to go find another agent and I don't know if I'm going to. I just turned 40. So that might be a hard sell. I'm told by a lot of people I don't look 40. So that's good. So anyway, that's where I'm at right now. Uh, I'm going to spend a lot of time before each episode basically ranting a little bit about how I'm feeling about my career, my life, all of those little things. So I'm not going to spend too much time right now doing it. This this first episode is about me, um, and I really don't mean that to be as egocentric as it sounds. My thought was, when I was trying to think what to do for the first episode, I thought, if I'm going to do this show and I'm going to devote all this time to talking to artists and 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 really trying to get in, inside their minds and hearts and and ask them personal questions and deep questions about what they do and how they do it, then it's only fair that you know a little bit about me. Um, it's only fair that I expose that as much as I possibly can about me because, you know, I call this, the title of this episode is Who Do I Think I Am? So who do I think I am that I can do a show like this? Who do I think I am that I can talk to all these artists and expect them to open up to me if I can't open up? So... I'm going to keep opening up and I'm going to keep answering questions if you send them to me and I'm going to do the best I can. It's scary. I'm actually kind of shaking right now. Isn't that funny? 
I, I actually am. So that's what this episode's about. So I, I, I really can't think of much else to tell you right now because I don't want to bore you. And I like to leave a little salt on the bread, an old saying, meaning keep you coming back for more, I guess. But the interviews I'm going to do are, I, I've already lined up a, a ton of great interviews with some fantastic people. And you'll probably have never heard of most of these people, if not all of them. And I'm all right with that. I hope you are. I know a lot of this stuff, uh, whether it's podcasts or right up to like late night talk shows, it's all about getting the guest, you know, someone that people want to hear from, you know, they're big and rich and famous. So how did they make it? What did they do? And I'm guilty of that. I love listening to celebrity stories like actors. And I'm not interested in the, the, the crap who's dating who and all that, but listening to their struggles and how they made it and everything else. And I found lately, every time I listen to these, you know, struggles, it's like, you know, I'm listening to them talking about being poor and, and almost quitting and everything else. And, you know, they had to have like rip up their shoe and make a stew out of it just to, to eat one night. And, um, I listened to, I'm like, wow, that's, you know, that's great to know this person went through hell. You know, I can relate to that. At the end of the day, I'm listening to a multimillionaire telling this story. And so it's like, but but you made it. So hindsight's twenty twenty, right? So most of these people I'm going to talk to haven't made it yet. Made it by whatever, however they want to define making it. However you want to define success. Some people define it as fame and fortune. Some people define it as just being able to make money doing what they love to do. That's kind of how I define it. I'm not saying that I, I wouldn't appreciate uh, fame and fortune, but when I think about fame and fortune in all honesty, I, I think more about what I could do with that stuff for the people I love and for people that need it. I mean, I've always thought I don't need millions and millions of dollars, but I'll take it because I know that I'd like to be able to do some really cool shit with it for other people. And I'm not going to lie. I mean, yeah, I'd love to drive a nice big sports car too. Sure. Why not? You know, and I would, I would treat myself. Why not? Right. You earned it, but I would be content with just making enough to get by and just live off of doing what I love to do. I'd be happy with that. I'm all right with that. These people I talk to though, they're going to have different ideas of, of how they define success. When you're listening to a celebrity tell their story, it's, it's kind of sad because we're listening to them because they're celebrities. Yet the information you get from them and the stories that they tell are no different than a story that you could get from someone who isn't a celebrity or or doesn't have any fame attached to their name. Hopefully you're going to get that from these interviews I do because I'm telling you, I know so many fucking talented people and every one of them has some very, uh, very interesting stories and some incredibly valuable insight into creativity, into motivation, uh, into life, everything. Just because someone isn't famous does not mean they're not worth listening to. And that includes you who's listening to this. Guaranteed that your story is interesting. I don't care how boring you think it is. I think my story is boring. And then when people start asking me questions and they're responding, you know, in a certain way, I'm like, wow, okay, maybe I'm not as boring as I thought. I think it's just we just get stuck in that and it's stuck in a little web of our own insecurity and thinking that we don't have much to offer. This podcast almost didn't happen because of those insecurities. Almost. I mean, you wouldn't believe the last few weeks trying to put this together, how many voices in my head telling me, 
you can't do this. From, ah, you don't have the right equipment to, you don't have any experience to, you got nothing to talk about. You're not a good interviewer. There's so much, you know, even right now, there's a voice in my head saying, you're talking too much. You're, you know, maybe you're thinking that too, but well, well, misery loves company. So you can join the voice in my head. But these people I'm going to talk to, they're worth listening to. And I've already done a few interviews. And the hardest part is to push the stop button on the recorder because I have a blast talking to these people and they're so great and they're so interesting and they're fun. I'm so excited to share the interviews with you. So you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to shut up now and I'm going to put up the first interview. I, I, I hummed and hawed for a while, but who am I going to interview first? Considering this first episode is supposed to be about me and introducing myself to you, people who don't know me, and even people that do, give you a little bit more insight into to who I am, where I came from. So I thought, who better than my, my mom? She's an amazing woman. Everyone thinks their mom's an amazing woman. I'm sure everybody's mom is an amazing woman. My mom is exceptional. She's always supported me from the very beginning since I was a kid. Never been a moment where she she hasn't supported me. And so we are going to talk a bit about that. We're going to talk about support and we're going to talk about, well, you're going to see. So here, I'm going to put that up right now. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Also, just so you know, there's a little trouble with the audio. It's the first show. Of course, there's going to be trouble with the audio. So bear with me. It's listenable, I think. And uh, I apologize in advance. Okay. Hello, Mom. So I wanted to talk to you because you've always been my biggest supporter, even since I was a kid, straight through to now. And it surprises me how many artists, how many people don't have that kind of support from their parents like I've had from you. What is it that made you decide to... It's not a decision. It's just the way I feel. I never wanted you to be uh, uncomfortable in your choice of making a living. Whether you chose to be a cop or chose to be a comedian or what, whatever your dream is, I would... Parents tend to live their lives through their children. I would have loved that. I would have loved for my parents to encourage me to go after anything and everything I wanted. They didn't encourage you or? Not, they didn't discourage me, but they didn't encourage me. That's the the difference. So it was kind of like a mom, dad, I want to do this. And they're like, oh, that's great. Can you change the channel on the TV? Exactly. Dismissive, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, yay, you brought home a B, but it's not an A. But I was always, as far as I was concerned, a very responsible person, very... I did what was expected of me as a, as an older sibling. Um, you were the older sibling. You were forced into being um, a, not a, a father figure, but sort of the person in charge because we were... Uh, single parent family, you know, you, your brother and I, and I couldn't always be there because I was always working. Yeah. You worked a lot. And I worked a lot of jobs that I didn't. Yeah. You held down two jobs and there's actually a point where you would work 11 PM to 7 AM. And then 30 to five, you know, and I wasn't always in the best of moods when I got home. And, and so, and I think too, that kind of was my thought process is I don't want you to have to do a job because it's a job. I want you to do it because you enjoy it. Because I want you to look forward to getting up in the morning and doing something with your life. And that was it. There was a time where you were doing a job that you didn't enjoy doing. 
And I used to watch you get um, anxious Sunday nights, Mm -hmm. sick to your stomach. And I know that feeling. And I knew that wasn't, you know, as much as I thought, you know, that's great. You've got a paycheck coming in. You've got a pension if you want it. You've got benefits. But you weren't happy. Of course, every parent wants their child to have a better life than them. But most parents will argue that's exactly why we push them away. And and I had friends that did argue with me. Because they would say, uh, no, that's exactly why we want them to be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer. Not that there's anything wrong with those pursuits, as long as you're passionate about them, which I wasn't. You were very passionate about um, your your art, your artistic abilities, always. You were never interested in any kind of sport, um, nothing like that. But the difference, too, is that you don't have anyone depending on you. That kind of takes the pressure off. I'm completely and utterly alone. Thank you. you. So you have that ability. You are lucky. So as long as you are still passionate about it, as long as you believe in yourself, then go for it. Do you think that if I was married and had a couple of kids, you would be as... As supportive? Yeah. Like, would you still push me to do what I'm doing? as an actor or a comedian or whatever. As long as you were still passionate about it and responsible mm-hmm. with your family. But even still, though, most parents or most people would even argue that, okay, now it's time to put away the childish dreams. Well, who gives and me the right focus. to tell you that you can't do what you... But you do. Ha- I don't. You don't. Are you going to listen to what as I As a parent, say? no. Do I want a relationship with you? <laughs> No, but what I mean by that is most would say you do have the right to say that because you are the parent, you are the role model. And and I'm playing devil's advocate here. I'm not saying I I was a role model, but I didn't go after. And I mean, I loved um, some of my my jobs, but was it my dream job? No. What was your dream job? I always wanted to be a social worker. Really? Always. And but there's no money in it. There's no you couldn't have a family life and be a social worker. There's no way. A girlfriend of mine went through to be one and never had a real family life, but that was her dream too. But see, that's the difference. You're younger. Um, you were younger when you realized what you wanted to do. I never knew what I wanted to do. I got married young, had kids, and that was my goal. I wanted to get to married, get and, get have married kids. and have kids. So, so I guess really that was my, my dream and I lived it. And you know what? You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm making your dreams come you, true. You uh, have, yeah. yeah. But that's great. You got what you wanted. You yeah. wanted a family. And I'm still able to watch my kids do what they love, you know, and that's great. I mean, I loved going with you when you were doing Yuck Yucks and anything else that you were part of. When I did my first stand-up set at Yuck Yucks, very first time... No one in the entire world knew I was going on. I was so terrified. So I thought I'd invite the two people that have been incredibly supportive from the beginning. That was you and Gramp, your dad. Because I knew that if it didn't go well, which was a very, very real possibility, that you would be there to say, you know, don't give up, up do it again. You know, that's really what I would need to hear because I'm a very analytical person. You're your own worst critic. Sure. And I'm afraid of failure. I I wouldn't say you're afraid of failure at all. Really? No, I don't think you are. Because to me, well, for one thing, that first night on stage, you think you were terrified? 
I was completely just petrified. Really? Shaking. Really? Like a leaf. I didn't know that. Sick to my stomach, all those things. But completely admired your guts to get up there in front of people you didn't even know. Yeah, it was. You had so much confidence in yourself, and it showed when you got up there. It's hard to see that for yourself as yeah. a, as a performer because, and I know I hear a lot of people say, you know, do you ever watch yourself and all that? And they always say no. And I've never understood that because that's your work. That's your heart, your soul, your energy, your thoughts. Everything has gone into that and you can't watch that. But I think that's the reason why everything you just said, all those reasons are exactly why they can't watch that. I don't like watching my stuff because I watch my work and I'm so overly critical of myself that if I find too many mistakes, I just won't want to do it again. But I admit there is a part of me that feels guilty about that. I feel like I should be celebrating my accomplishments. It's easier for you to critique yourself and see what you like and don't like. Hearing someone else critique it or someone else say something negative or positive, Mm -hmm. you're not going to believe it anyways, or you might disagree with it. Mm -hmm. To me, that's, you know, I mean... Look at you, the things you've made over the years. I mean, you you can't tell me that you look at that and think, oh, God, did I make that? Of course not. No, but I I know what you're talking about. I I do look at those things and I see mistakes. I remember my grade 12 art teacher, Mrs. French, telling us that no artist should ever be completely satisfied with their work. The minute they, they are. Stop striving. They, but because once you've reached that. perfection, what's the point in continuing? No one ever thinks they're perfect anyways. Ah, uh, well. <laughs> that don't have support? What about the people that that don't have support out there that are trying to make it in, in, in this world, be it in acting or whatever they choose to do? Mm-hmm. You've also expressed to me before that you have a real fear. Like you are afraid for me. Not that necessarily that I'm going to fail, but that this business this profession or i've chosen will change me that's the other you know thing. what i mean yeah so i mean well, given uh, all the latest yeah you hear these horror stories of what people go through in the business or being taken advantage of or getting involved uh, heavily with drugs and alcohol and things like that and so a lot of parents don't want their kids to get involved at all thinking that this is what's going to happen to them and the thing is it's it's hard to argue that. You, you, you can't argue it with exists. it. And you, all I can do is hope that, you know, you choose the right path and care enough about yourself that you will um, think about those things. Mm-hmm. But there's no guarantee. I mean, you know, it's that's the biz. But that could happen to you no matter what business you're in. Yes. I mean, it. I hear about it in the schools. I hear about it you know, everywhere. It isn't, it's just that well, you've experienced it in your own business. You, you own your own business. Right. And you experience people being dishonest and oh, lying. Liars and, and yeah. cheat. their integrity levels are in the toilet. And that's always been my argument. It's everywhere. You can't escape it. No. And that's really what you are. You're your own business and you're trying to sell you to whoever will listen. But right. that's where I get scared is that you're going to just take the first thing that comes along and not, not be thorough. Right. Like you need, and I'm not trying to say that I have, I just have to stop being a mom and say, well, you you know, you you can't can't. do that. I know, but I can't be there all the time either. I can't know what's going on every minute of your day Mm -hmm. because, you know, uh, but again, it, it's such a, 
it is a worry because of of the the times. You don't know what you're getting. You hear of so many things. We just watched that thing tonight about you don't going know. clear the uh, documentary about Scientology. Yeah, yeah, it's frightening. It is frightening because you know you you trust that that your children know right from wrong and that they judge people based on whatever, but you never really know what they what you've taught them, what they've learned, and and you just hope that they choose the right path. Now, can you control that? No, but again, it's all about being there and support and everything else. But the thing is you're at the point in your life now where you really don't need the support because you are, you're ready to go. You're, you're, you're just waiting to be the next big thing and everybody is. And, and so that's great, but I don't think you need the support now that you did then because you're, you're older. You're, I think you're, you've, you've gained the strength and and that's not just for me. I think that's just because you you've prepared yourself, you've done the work, and um, just keep working, just keep going at it. Right. So I'm just glad that, and I I hope everyone has that kind of support when they're getting started, and that they have people to talk to. And and this is a great thing that you're doing because you know people need to to talk about the struggles and and the things that happen to your to you and this is like i said this is a great thing that you're doing and and hopefully people catch on and call in and they can't call in it's not a radio or call show. in or or get on or <laughs> you're, wow, interview you're, this or, is old timey right yeah. is this live right now yeah. <laughs> what but time no. will this be on <laughs> <laughs> it's not a show it's a it is a show okay in a way right okay. yeah yes sure. Okay. We'll call it a show. Let's call it a show. But anyway, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I think I think that's the whole thing. It's it's knowing what you you want to do and sticking with it, and don't give up. Just keep going and and do what you got to do. Do you feel that that really applies to everybody? In everything and any <laughs> to any anybody trying, especially in the arts. Um, oh, especially in the arts. But what about because... people? What it, what about people? Because I know, like you, you like to watch like American Idol and mm. stuff like that, yeah. or you used to. And so what would you say to someone who clearly just doesn't have any talent? You know, like but who what, am what, I? You're an audience member, you're a listener, you're you're a potential potential buyer of that music, watcher of that movie, right. reader of that book. Right. So you are a person that you know does get to decide to some extent what I guess. I what mean is if I don't like the movie, not. I don't go watch it. But right. you know what I'm saying? Like it's not up to me. But to people who <laughs> uh people I I see people all the time on on TV shows, and I think, how did they ever get on television? Right. But you know what? They're on. I'm not. Right. They're on. So they've done something, right? Let's say, okay, I got two nephews, Aiden and Chase. So let's say Aiden, who's 11, he's 15, and he decides, I want to be a musician. Mm. And so he's like, Nana, will you come to uh, my show? I got a band. We're going to play at this bar or not while well, he's 15. So <laughs> let's say 18 playing mm-hmm. at a bar and you're like, great, I'm going to go see my nephew Aiden play. So you go and you see him and he's not good. And I don't mean by your standards, but by like, it's like, you know, you know, whatever it's wow. like, you know what I mean? I and he can't, he, he's not he playing would, guitar. If he's well. not stupid, he'd pick up on that. But, but, but no, I mean, but but knowing, some me, people, knowing me, I'd tell him. You would tell him? Mm-hmm. What would you say in that situation? I don't know how I'd word that. 
I if if he asked me, yeah, did you like it, Nana? Hmm. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, I wouldn't go. That was but, great. You but were so good. Don't Why you, lie to the child? Right, but but at but, the same time, aren't you lying by saying that was okay? That was good. It was when okay. It, when well, really, it you're thinking. I don't you know, know. I didn't hear him. So throw it out and uh, yeah. Get, if, if it was that bad, yeah, you would tell him. Yeah, probably. Really, you I would. think I would because um, he. What would I gain by lying to him? No, he would I know. Be but, embarrassed. To keep going, uh, someone else would be a lot more harsh than I right. am. But I guess now, so let's say that happens. You say, you know, here's what you need to work on. And he does. Yeah. But another three years goes by and he still, still sucks. <laughs> that's what I'm sort I would of, go up that's and what slap I'm his asking. father. I, that's what I'm sort of asking. Because you were saying, who are you to tell anyone that they shouldn't go after their, go dreams. After their dreams? And and I agree with you. But, but is there a point there where you've got to say, look. This isn't working for you. And you really need to, um, I don't if know, you're not 70, give it up, Will, but. if you're 70 years old and you still haven't landed a gig, mm -hmm. then I'd probably pack it in. You're telling me? Give mm -hmm. up at 70. Yeah. What do you mean by landed a gig? Get a whatever. Let's say even an audition for a commercial. If, you gotten, if I'm not doing, if you're not doing a movie, or you haven't gotten a, one of your movies produced, or you haven't so-called made it, whatever your version of making it is, mm -hmm. um, then yeah, I think I back back now. Hopefully because you I'll know be that's a, the thing. At seventy, though, it's still plenty of time. I could there be a is lawyer. For I could guys. be a, I could be a doctor. For guys, sure, yeah. sure, seventy yeah. women. There's no. tons of seventy-year-olds in med school. Sure. <laughs> 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 you know, you're right. Mom. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I'll just 15 yeah, years but maybe by 85, at least by 70, I will have maybe passed away and left you some money to live on. You know, like at least you won't be broke. Oh, really? You, well, that was the whole reason I, I got into this because I thought you had no money. Oh. And I was going to try and strike it rich as an actor. <laughs> you know, it's going great. Well, that would be good. <laughs> well, because that's just it. I just turned 40. And that was one of the things that I was insecure about is the fact that. Here I am turning 40 and I'm still trying, you know, I'm okay. still, you know, it sounds like, it sounds almost good and bad. It's like, that's great that you're still trying and you're 40. And then it's like, you're still trying and you're 40. It's sort of like a different, you just take a different tone on that statement. And, and that's why I, I'm like, I'm kind of surprised because, you know, I don't know what I would do if I had a son who's been trying for better part of 20 years and and he reaches 40 and it's like i'm still trying and i'm what do you mean older. you're still trying i'm still trying to make a living and do something i enjoy doing and being successful and i'm still not successful mm -hmm. but i'm still gonna keep going at it mm -hmm. but what have what, i got what have you got to lose well, no, that that's just it, right? And that's what I would say to anybody. Like I'm I mean, like again, I'm playing you, devil's advocate. I'm not saying No, I know, but you're also in a position where you can. Right. You're lucky. Yeah. A lot of people can't. Yeah. You know, you've got there's no nothing keeping you here. There's nothing to say stop what you're doing and get a job. Right. Right. That's very true. So but for people that are well, I mean, struggling, have families. Yeah. And all those things, um, you know. I don't know actually, how they do it. I, I don't to, know how they do I it. I meant to bring this up sooner. I don't know if you remember this. I think I was 
I swear, I think I was 13 or 14 years old. And Uh-oh. and for my birthday, like you always gift and card, right? Yeah. And in the card, the birthday card, was one of those little plastic cards. Oh, the little cards, yeah. That you can pick up, you know, at yeah. card shops. It's a little, yeah. like, you know, it's the yeah. size of a credit card. And that card you says... You still have that? Yep. It says, um, live your dreams. Mm -hmm. And I've been carrying it around with me in my wallet. Mm -hmm. Now, what is that? 27 years? That's still in my wallet. It's a little poem. And I I wish I had my wallet here. Actually, I do. Hang on one sec. One sec. Say something while I'm thinking my wallet. But that's something that, again, we talked about that earlier. You, You basically live through your kids. You, you invest in their futures, both financially and um, emotionally. And, and you just hope that they aren't miserable for the rest of their lives. And, but that's one thing, like you, you went through a tough time when you were in your teens. Yep. Yeah. But everybody did. That's right. Everyone went through a tough time. But you found your way. And I think, I think comedy (laughs) for that. Really? Like, really? Because you comedy for that? Why is that? Because it seemed to bring you out of your shell. It gave you the courage to get up there. You wanted to make people laugh. Mm-hmm. Well, if you remember you too, because got... when I was a teenager, I was in my room. All the time. You were very artistic and you were alone in your room with your characters. Mm-hmm. And and then at 19, but I you didn't, decided... I didn't, I had, wouldn't you agree? I had very poor social skills. I wouldn't say you had poor social skills. No. I think... You were um, you were thirteen going on thirty. Uh-huh. You were more comfortable around adults, to be honest, mm-hmm. than you were kids. Right. Um, even in high school, yeah. I think you I found think them true, yeah. to be very um, immature. Um, just you didn't f- click with a lot of them. Yeah. And I think when you found. You were at Sheridan College mm-hmm. going through to be a um, cartoonist and yeah. animator. Yep. And that's when all this turned around and you decided you wanted to go into comedy. And I and did that surprise you? Because yep. the, the totally, way where because I was going you were with so that, not yeah, I'm not, that type of person. I, I wasn't an outgoing no. person. You that's, were that was my point. In an inward way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you were never... I don't think you ever use the word bored in your entire life. I can't stand that word. Yeah. I hate, for the record, yeah. that is the, one of the worst things anyone can tell me yeah. is they're bored. Right. I just, the, the, I, I'll go on about that another time, Boredom but don't tell laziness. me you're bored. It is. It is it pure is. laziness. And I don't think you ever use the word bored. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you'd say to me, you know, can we do this today or what are we going to do today? Or but you never use the word bored. But for you to come out and say, I'm going to go and do stand-up mm-hmm. at Yuck Yucks, mm-hmm. which I didn't have any idea what that what was involved. What, okay. About stand-up totally. comedy About or doing yeah, it at Yuck Yucks? Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I always thought of Yuck Yucks as a very um, disgusting comedy. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you're, really. You're right. It's bang. You know, you're bang. It is. <laughs> So I wasn't sure what that was about, but yeah. anyways, and then um, for you to want to do that was totally out of character, mm-hmm. and that's again why I was shaking, petrified, all those things, and but yet I looked up to you. I admired your strength, your courage, your stamina, your 
everything hmm. to get up there in front of people that you barely even knew. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't but, know any of them really, but got to know very quickly. Mm-hmm. If you remember, well, that's part like of the, you, that appealed to me. Is that yeah, I got to meet like-minded and they accepted individuals. you quite yeah. easily as yeah, well, and was, I think made you very comfortable. I was so. very lucky because it was yeah. an ease. But that's the kind of thing that I think that's the kind of person you were. You mm-hmm. were like that. I, mm-hmm. I'd have friends come over that, um, you know, knew me, colleagues from work and all that. And they always, always took to you. And you used to sit and have conversations with my friends. Mm-hmm. And they used to say to me, like, how old is he? But um, that was just your personality. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I, I, like I said to you, I, I'm glad that you you know, change directions if that's what you wanted to do and, and went with it. And you did. And it well, that was the other, that's the other thing, too, for the my entire life up till about that being 20, 21. I wanted to be an animator. I wanted well, you to, wanted to be a cop Disney. before that. I did want to. There was yeah. a period. Right yeah, up until you're about nine dark. years old, nine but, or ten. Well, yeah, no. Well, I mean, I was always drawing and stuff, though. Yeah, but you wanted to be a cop. That's really? what I kept saying. I don't even, I remember wanting to be remember a cop. Remember I went teens. to see that psychic remember. and the psychic told me that you were going to be shot. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot I, about that. That's when I decided, okay, no, you're not you know going to be a cop. I remember you telling me yeah. this. What was I, like 15 or something? No, no, you were much younger. You were living out in Leamington then. I remember you telling me, and was, you had a video, you were about 10 you, or, or not a video, but an audio cassette. Yeah, of, of the, the whole woman. thing, yeah. and you played it for yeah. me, yeah. and you asked her about your two sons, and yeah. with me, no, I didn't ask her about my two sons. You didn't. She, she just told knew. me. She just told you about that your my two oldest sons. son was going to be wanted to be or was going to be a cop, and he was going to be shot. But didn't she say something like, "There's two paths for him, or something like right. that. One of them is he'll be a cop, and mm-hmm. he'll be shot." And yeah. then he'll he wasn't never... gonna, it wouldn't be a fatal shot. But yeah. But shot. it was enough to keep me basically, yeah. you know, off the street yeah. for the rest of my career. Yeah. Or he'll be involved in the arts. Mm. Isn't that, I seem to remember it that way. She said, he's going to either do this or he's going to be involved in the arts. Either that, I can't remember exact words. I remember yeah, something, something like similar that. About because I remember artistic. joking with you now when you play that. It's yeah. like, well, that sells it. Arts, here I come. You know, like, and yeah. that was, but seriously, I'm, I'm making a joke, but I remember yeah. at that time wanting to be a cop, and I remember um, um, having that thought. I don't, I don't. What do you mean I can get shot? That's bullshit. <laughs> no one told me cops get shot. You know who shoots at a cop? You know exactly. And um, yeah, and I remember, uh, I remember that, and and saying, you know, I'm going to be, I want to be in the arts, but it wasn't. I'm. It wasn't because of the getting shot thing. I think that in my heart of hearts, I always knew that. Well, that's when I, I took you wanted to, to be creative. That's when I took you to Disney World or to, yeah, Disney World. Yep, we went to Disney World. And you got was, to see the animators. Yeah. Oh, that was amazing. Cells. And yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. So yeah. And I was right into that. So I was very, very passionate about that. I mm-hmm. mean, if you remember, I had posters of cartoons on my walls. I was into comic books. I was in anything, any kind of drawing, any kind of animation. I watched every animated movie I could get my hands on. Yeah. Um, and I kind of remember what the catalyst was. I mean, growing up, I, it was always very important around my friends and in our family too, to be funny. Oh yeah. It was always important to be funny. Yeah. And I, 
it's not that anyone ever pulled his side and say, hey, kid, you want to be important in this family, you need to be funny. It's just, I, think I you noticed grew up in a very sad family. Well, no, it's, I, <laughs> well, that's argumentative. But it's more like, um, I just noticed that the funny people, whether it was in my family or amongst my friends, yeah. they were the ones that not so much got the attention, but were admired because people would be like, oh, that's, you're so funny. Oh, I, you're so great because you're funny. And it didn't matter. Like if you had, you know, a guy sitting next that just spent the summer feeding uh, hungry children and the guy next to him makes a crack and is hilarious and cracks everyone up. That's the guy everyone wants to hang out with. Screw the guy that just put yeah. food in people's mouths. I want to talk to the guy that just made fun of him for it. You Even know? when you came, remember you came and washed dishes at, uh, at the Country Squire. Country when Squire, I yeah, there. yeah. And people used to just, oh, Will's coming in. Yeah. You know, they used to look forward to you coming in. Really? Because oh, you made nice. them laugh. Because it was yeah. such a miserable place back there. <laughs> but you used but, to make them laugh. Well, it, you know, I, I remember that... And when you went be, to Sheridan College. Well, but this was the thing, right? Because I saw people would be very, very funny. And I saw people would really admire that. And and the, the problem is I didn't feel comfortable, as we were saying earlier... I was a very shy kid. I wouldn't, I wasn't comfortable speaking out and, and stuff. So, so having all the attention on me for a moment to deliver a joke was terrifying. And I'm not talking about being on stage. No, I'm talking just about just in, in, in the public world. Yeah. So the I always world. expressed, yeah, I always expressed my humor through my cartoons and my drawings and things. I would go yeah. to a, I'd be at a party or something. And I draw books. something funny. Yeah, I made I made comic books and I sold them for a buck to, and I would watch people read them and see where yeah. they would laugh. Yeah, you know, and I I would you know they'd laugh and I go oh, where, where 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 were you laughing yeah. at? You know, yeah, point yeah. to point at, it. and um, and it got to a point where I decided I wanted to be funny. I didn't want my characters, like I didn't want my humor just to be through that anymore. And I'll never forget the the time that that actually took over. It was almost, and I use that word or those two words took over because that's what it felt like. I was standing in line at a grocery store and there was a long lineup. It was one of those 12 items, an underline, and everybody just, bleh, mm-hmm. you know, and even the checkout girls like just doing her thing, mm-hmm. you know, scanning the stuff. And I don't remember what I said, but I remember I made a joke right. and everybody started laughing. So I kept doing it. And it, it wasn't one of those, like, the annoying guy in the line. I, I hope it wasn't. But mm-hmm. I was just making these jokes. And when I cashed out, because I think I was still third or fourth, when I cashed out, the cashier said to me, thank God you were here, which was such a nice thing to yeah. hear. And I realized I like making people laugh, not because I want attention, but because I like making them feel better. I like making them um, happy. You know, I like taking well, a person who's having happy. a rotten day. Yeah. And and changing it. But that's human nature, I think. I hope so. Sometimes I wonder. I well, used to think is. that, but I, sometimes is. I wonder now. I don't mean to be yeah. negative, but I, I sometimes I wonder it that. It just surprises me that you have a sense of humor because <laughs> I don't. And Are you crazy? None of you us. You have a huge sense no, of humor. No, none of us in our family have a sense. I mean, my parents are the no. driest parents you've ever met. No. My mom is only in the last 10, 15 years started to have oh a, man don't you remember sense of humor. when your kids nan used to have that giant sledgehammer and she'd oh, yeah. smash the watermelons oh wait that was gallagher right oh they had the same hair though that's why <laughs> no but but like, no they well nobody in very... our family was what i would say a comedian like would no, be they sitting weren't... around the table no, and they that weren't was the fun. guy they weren't fun to be around you know, yeah, like I don't we, know. it was <laughs> anyways so but, that's why it kind of surprised your dad was funny yeah 
Yes, um, he was. He was he a very a set, center yeah, of the and, and room. And people Funny. loved being yeah. uh, with him in a room. It's um, a shame he didn't like being with us. <laughs> anyway. Well, it's not that. We didn't <laughs> like being with him. But anyways, um, whether, I don't think he's like that now, but back then... He was that kind of person, but yeah, it doesn't matter. You don't. I don't think you inherit that. I think that's something you develop. Well, I, I do think life and experience and passion and interest, you know. And you've always sort of admired Robin Williams. And- well, that was what I was going to say. Was that was kind of where it broke for me? Yeah, because when Jim Carrey, when well, yeah, but even before Jim. Yeah. Carrie was was Robin Williams. I remember watching. Um, well, Stone when I was a kid, I watched Mork and Mindy. Oh yeah, and I used to go, "Oh my god," because I felt like I all I've always and, I've always yeah. felt weird. I'm a weird guy. I was a weird kid. I've got a weird way of looking at things. I've got a weird sense of humor. Everything's weird. But I never knew how to express that. That's why I was a quiet kid because I had weird thoughts and weird, not dark, not scary, not creepy, just weird goofy thoughts and i would watch mork and mindy Mm -hmm. and and robin williams work and i would go here's a guy who is also weird and goofy and zany and uncontrollable and just well brilliant and he made it work Mm -hmm. he took his zaniness and he took this personality he had that clearly didn't fit anywhere else and made it work and i for years couldn't figure out how to do that until I started watching, you know, when I became a teenager, 17, 18, I'd see some of, I watched all of his work. Like, I remember it was like a, a weekend where I watched every single movie of his I could get my hands on. I watched interviews with him, everything. And I was like, I can, I can be weird. And but, okay, you know what I mean? So, and it was, I'm not trying to compare myself to Robin Williams. No, but I'm just saying that that kind of gave me the confidence to sort of come out of my shell and, you know, and, and, and be able to, to not be afraid to be funny and be weird and be goofy and zany in front of people. And I just started. But that's doing the thing that. though. When do you decide that where you're going to take that? Well, and that's just it. So that leads me back to the question I asked maybe 20 minutes ago, which is when I decided no longer do I want to do animation, which I've been talking about for 20 years. I want to throw that away and, you know, give it a shot doing stand-up. And when I said that to you, like, was that sort of a thing like, oh, geez, here we go. Well, Every no, year you're going to change was, your mind and want a new career. was the professor that says something to you about, and I don't know if he dared you to get up on stage? The guy there at, was your, 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 at Sheridan College? Yeah. There was, um, it was one of my teachers. She was one of my core teachers. And I remember one time I... Again, I don't remember what the joke was, but she was talking to us all, and it was it was easygoing conversation. So I said, and she she laughed, and she turned to me. She says, "You know, you should be doing stand up." Hmm. And that was kind of my response. Well, you just, hmm. Hmm. and I was like, <laughs> and because I, 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 at that home point, and me. I'd never even considered it. No, never even you considered that it. Kind of. No, I didn't want to get in front of people. And, uh, and then I got to a point where people were actually coming to the classroom that I was in. Like, they had a free period, and I'm doing my, I'm in class. And they knock on the door, and I they say, come here, come here. So I go out in the hall, and then they literally, I remember one time, they just, two of them just sat down and said, okay, hey, go. And I said, what do you mean? They said, be funny, do an impression, something, go. And I was, 
you know, I was now entertaining. And that was new for me, though, because, again, this was in college, whereas in high school, I never said two words to anybody. I just didn't know how to talk to people, let alone be funny. And so now, all of a sudden, I come out of my shell, Mm -hmm. and people like that. And it's, it's very addictive when that happens. And I think that was why I was like, no, I want more of this. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to entertain. I don't want to draw things. When do you decide though that that's like when you said to me, you know, I'm going to do comedy. I'm going to do stand up. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you did. Yeah. And then you gave it up. I got discouraged. You're talking about when I, like, right around the age of 30. Yeah. Right. I stopped, and I got a regular office job. Yeah. I bought a condo and all Yeah, you stuff. did the whole I gave up. nine yeah. to five stuff. Yep, yeah, I gave up. People do get discouraged, and that's okay. Because I think you were losing the drive to begin with. Mm-hmm. And the confidence and all the things. Now, how was that for you, though? Because, again, there's another situation. Well, that's what I was talking about at the beginning of this whole thing. Watching you on Sunday nights almost puke. Mm-hmm. thinking you had to go to work. And and so I was thinking, okay, he's working at this job he hates. Mm-hmm. He's got lots of stuff. Yeah. And so I can see him having either a nervous breakdown. Mm-hmm. And you know, I encouraged you to quit that job. Yes, you did. I told you. Yep. Get the hell out. Well, I remember. Uh, follow your dreams. I rem- Well, you know what? That's. I was going to say this till the end, but you just said it. I, I pulled the card out of my wallet, and that, I was wrong. It's not called living your dreams. Follow your dreams. Exactly mm-hmm. what you just said. Mm-hmm. So here it is. I'm going to read this this poem, then we'll get back to, to that. If while pursuing distant dreams, your bright hopes turn to gray, don't wait for reassuring words or hands to lead the way. For seldom will you find a soul with dreams the same as yours. Not often will another help you pass through untried doors. If inner forces urge you to take a course unknown, you're ready to go all the way, Yes, all the way alone. That's not to say you shouldn't draw lessons from the best. Just don't depend on lauding words to spur you on your quest. Find confidence within your heart and let it be your guide. Drive ever harder toward your dreams and they won't be denied. Bruce Wilmore wrote. Yeah, I, that kind of ties in with what you are just saying. Although there's something in there that's interesting about it's almost saying like follow your dreams even without support exactly and right. i when you were reading that i'm thinking you know and that's the thing because i moved on to you know another life you know mm-hmm. i'm no longer raising you guys you're on your own i'm on my own mm-hmm. dale's on his own he's got his own family so yeah support changes yeah as you change as things change as life changes mm-hmm. so if you were the type of person who relies solely on that everyday support, mm-hmm. that's a problem. So it's good that you draw it's, support from different things, either be it from watching something or listening to somebody or or just talking to yourself or writing something, wherever you get that from, the motivation, the support, and all that. It can't always be from me or whoever you're looking for support from, you've got to find it within yourself because that's inevitably, that's what you have. You've got you. Mm -hmm. And you need to 
look back on your life and say you've done everything you can to do and follow your dreams and be the best you can be at whatever it is you're doing. And don't give up. If you feel that you want to go another way, go the other way. Just whatever you're going to do, just know that, you know, I'm here for you and, and, and your family is here for you. Sometimes you don't believe that, but it's true. But in the end, ultimately, you are responsible for your own successes. No one can make those happen for you. If I can help, absolutely. And I would hope anyone that is in this business has that. And if they don't have it, get it, find it, believe in yourself and, and just go. And um, I'll be there, I, whether I'm there physically or mentally or whatever. Just remember that I'm always there and I'm always watching and listening. And I will, I believe in you. You're talking to everyone else, right? You're saying you're there for them. Is no, everybody you, wants <laughs> yeah, screw everyone else. Yeah. No, but um, seriously, it's no, tough. I, it's you know tough. what? It's it's uh, always been this way, and I think sometimes uh, people would say to me, "You're so lucky to have that," and I've never, ever, ever taken that for granted because I am lucky. I know that it's rare to have that kind of support non-stop unquestionable it is very sad and it's very sad and and in a way that's one of the reasons i wanted to start this podcast is to say even we kind of are all in this together and we have to support each other and and there's people that understand that you have a dream you have a goal you have a passion you have a talent you have an ability and you want to make that known and you want to use that and and you don't have to stop doing it for any reason at all you can no and if you believe if you think you're in it alone you're not I, i'm i'm not i can almost guarantee you that you may think that you're not being supported but i'm i bet you there's all kinds of people yeah. that yeah. you don't even realize yeah you know i mean gosh. it's true so this is where it all starts if you've got a dream and you've got a passion especially if it's something that you've had since you were a kid and and you have someone there to nudge you and push you and support you from the very beginning and say, oh, of course you can do this. Because, I mean, we always tell kids when they're kids, you can do anything you want. And then a lot of parents, when they turn 13, yeah, well, I, you know, I said you can do anything you want. But really, let's be mm -hmm. realistic. This is the yes. real world. But you never did that. You you always said there is, this is the world. There's not, there isn't the real world and then the, the, the dream world. It's the same freaking world it can be and both yeah, yeah it yeah. is and yeah. and and that's why i'm very 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 lucky never took it for granted again why it was important to me for you to be my first interview um because that's where it begins i mean well it begins with a dream it kind of did begin goes, with me really because well, you yeah, wouldn't be yeah. here without me darling that's, that's true so mm -hmm. thanks for that but mm -hmm. i made your dreams came true because i was an amazing child and you. <laughs> so Thank you for um, doing this. Yeah, no My problem. first interview. I'm honored. Yeah, <laughs> you're not getting paid. Oh, and uh, <laughs> and thank you for being an absolute. You're not just a mom. You're an inspiration. You're. Uh, it's the 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 reason I know I can continue on is because I know not necessarily just because I have your support, but because. Um, because I believe in myself, and that is a very difficult thing for a lot of artists to do. 
And I still struggle with that. Yeah, but I saw that in your face. I, <laughs> yeah, when I said again. that, yeah, yeah. Can you repeat those words, please? Not looking you in the eyes. Because uh, <laughs> I couldn't do this without those qualities that you instilled in me. It just isn't possible. So I think oh, that welcome. you uh, deserve to be applauded. Can we get some applause? I'm actually going to put an applause. Thank you. And uh, thanks for doing this. Love you. Okay, how many of you are throwing up right now? Um, <laughs> when we were done that interview, as soon as I, I turned off the mics, the first thing my uh, mom said to me, nobody's going to believe that we get along this well. They're all going to think it's staged. Uh, it's not staged. She's genuinely that cool. And I want to thank her for doing that once again. Couldn't have been a better person to, to talk to in my first interview. I promise that the next interview I have will not be with a relative of any kind. It will actually be with Mark Walker, who's a brilliant stand-up comedian. He's been doing stand-up for 30 years now. He's been headlining all over Canada, and he's made uh, he's, he's made trips to England, headlined out there. He's done the Halifax Comedy Festival. He has He's done it all. He's a brilliant man, and I'm looking forward to it. Actually, here's a clip from uh, the next show, an interview with Mark Walker. Mark Walker, when did you decide you wanted to be a comic? Did I ever tell you, back in 1975, for three months, I was a platypus? No. I was. And that's what made Very you liberating. To be... A platypus. I see. And It was the applause. <laughs> All right, that was Mark Walker. That episode's coming up in about a week. I'm going to try and do a new episode every Monday. So tell your family and friends and anyone you think that might get something out of the show or enjoy the show. Even people you think won't enjoy the show. Just tell them. Just tell them to listen to it anyway. Just keep telling them. Drill it into them until they're like, Jesus fucking Christ, shut up. I'll listen to the goddamn show. That's that's what I want. I want an audience who just listens to it out of spite. And also uh, follow the show on Twitter. And uh, check out the website. And please feel free to send in comments and suggestions for the show. Stuff maybe you'd like to hear more about. You know, send in your favorite quotes, send in uh, your personal stories, send in stories of friends, uh, send in anything you want other than nude photos. I'm not into those. All right, well, maybe a little. I'm not saying from who. I am so excited about the episodes coming up, and I, I, I can't tell you what a privilege it is to be able to do this show and talk to the people that I'm talking to, and, and I'm, I'm honored to have anybody listen to this show and and be part of it so thank you so much to everyone that listened and uh i i can't wait to bring you some more all right so until next time remember life doesn't happen to you life happens through you talk to you soon